You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of B-School. Today, we've got a guest that I think you are going to love because I already know that y'all love when I talk about periods and she's even more of an expert than I am. So today we have Monica Groney on the show and she is the founder of Maria Wellness. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super excited. I geek out on talking about periods. And so, yeah, I just know that this is going to be a good conversation. I know that a lot of people aren't taught about their menstrual cycle in school. I know for me, we maybe had like one little thing that we talked about it and then that was it. So I'm curious when you started to do some self-education around your period. Yeah, really similar to you. I feel like I wasn't taught hardly anything. I also went to a private Catholic school until high school. And so we didn't really have a conversation about periods. And I was one of the unlucky ones who got my period when I was only nine years old, which I've met a few people who have me beat, but nine seems young to me. (laughs) And so I really didn't start to educate myself until I was in my mid 20s, which seems wrong. It just seems wrong. You know, I was already... Yeah, probably, probably about 25 or 26. And so at that point, I'd had my period nine till you're 26. What is that? 17 years. And I still didn't know yeah. the, the science behind what was happening in my body, which crazy, crazy to think that I'm not the only one that's having that experience. And that we just kind of live our lives with the bleeding once a month, and not knowing why or what that means for the rest of our body um, or the results that it or symptoms that it can also have on other other parts of our life. Um, so when I started to educate myself on it, it was really eye-opening and there was a lot that I didn't know or um, just had no idea that that was what was happening in my body. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm curious. So when you started to do your own research, was it curiosity? Was it there was a pain point for you? What was that impetus where it's like, okay, I got to figure out what's happening every month? It took a really kind of big eye-opening emotional realization in myself to even dig in. So I was dealing with mood changes and what I thought was depression. I even kind of pinpointed it myself as being like, potentially I'm bipolar. Um, So I was dealing with some pretty intense symptoms um, to to the point where someone else had to be like, well, have you ever like tracked it and seen if it relates to your menstrual cycle. And I was like, what? No, you're crazy. (laughs) Like that can't be it. I just, I'm just depressed. Has nothing to do with my period. Um, So it was, it was definitely symptoms that led me to do the research, which for me, 
is even more eye-opening to the fact that there's it's probably takes a lot for a lot of women to even learn a little bit about their period because something really has to be disrupting you for you to want to know what's going on. Otherwise, you've just been told the majority of your life to to deal with it. <laughs> and that's kind of how you go on dealing with it is that it's there and that's all you can do. Um, so for me, it was it was definitely some very intense symptoms that made me realize that I needed to pay more attention to all of those correlations back to my menstrual cycle. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious for you. So you're having all of these experiences like PMS or even maybe some PMDD, PMDD for people. Maybe we should define that. I know what PMDD is because I've researched myself. Like, is this something that I have? And I have friends who have it. But do you want to give us a quick primer on what PMDD is? Yeah. So PMS being premenstrual syndrome is different from PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And where, you know, about 80% of women experience PMS symptoms, there's only like three to 5% of known women who have what they call PMDD symptoms. And those are a lot of depressive symptoms and psychological symptoms, but on a whole other scale of PMS. Um, And there's a lot of brain function that goes into relation with PMDD and how serotonin levels change with um, hormonal change. So that's kind of like the grand overview. There's, There's a lot of great information on the internet that can provide you a a deeper understanding of PMDD and how you could go about seeing if maybe what you're personally dealing with is PMDD versus PMS. Um, I came to the conclusion that what I was dealing with was PMDD. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you for that. I just realized I was throwing out acronyms and as two people who nerd out on this stuff, it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. But I, I realized I should probably pull back. So you did this research you start to understand, okay, my cycle is what's affecting my mood and these other symptoms. What was one of the most interesting things that you learned during this period of, no pun intended, but during this period of educating yourself and doing research? Oh, man. I don't know if I can pinpoint like one thing that I thought was the most interesting. I think something that was really eye-opening to me was the reaction of the physicians that I was speaking with. So once I kind of determined and had been tracking all of my symptoms, relating them to my period, understanding that it was very much part of my menstrual cycle, even though they were these mood symptoms that I was dealing with, mood symptoms being like I had some pretty bad anger and like I said, depressive states. So just like sadness, I was not motivated or interested in the things that I was normally during that that kind of week before my period. But when I went and tried to talk to my physician about it, their immediate reaction was to get out the prescription pad and be like, great, we're going to put you on an SSRI, an antidepressant, like this will help you tremendously. And that definitely, definitely is an option for people, especially people with PMDD. But being the person that I am 
And I didn't, I didn't want to jump into taking a prescription. I, you know, had the knowledge to know that antidepressants um, have their own side effects and can uh, like create chaos in all these other areas of your well being. Um, and so I was like, well, why would that be the first solution that we jump to? So I feel like I really learned to be my own health advocate and to have to look my physician in the eye and be like, thanks, but no thanks. I don't want your prescription, um, which to me was challenging. And I think it's challenging for a lot of women. I think there's some statistic out there that it, I think it's towards the menopausal stage for women, but that there's like 65% of women that are wrongly prescribed anti antidepressants for menopausal reasons. And I feel like that I don't, I haven't been able to find any specific studies or research done on that for premenstrual women, but like I was one of those people and not that it was wrongly prescribed, but I felt like they could have maybe been providing some <laughs> different options. So the path that I went down was I talked to my OBGYN and she works closely with a nutritionist and she suggested, she was like, hey, I've had some women in my practice have good results by taking these nutrients and these supplements and supplementing with them. Um, she's like, I also have had people had really good results with just tracking their cycle and being aware of, okay, I'm about to be premenstrual. I'm going to ask for space. I'm going to tell my friends and my loved ones, my significant other, whoever the people that you spend your time with that this week I need more space um, or this week I might be more on edge than I normally am and to allow yourself that space and to ask for it. So, you know, she, she told me just to track my cycle and bring more awareness to it. Um, and she also suggested that I do acupuncture at the first like onset of symptoms. And I started to do that as well and doing those three things for a few months, I like more than ever felt so much shift in my life and so much more control. So I don't know, I, I just answered your question with like four things I learned maybe, but that's really, really, I think the number one thing was just knowing that I can advocate for myself and that sometimes the first solution that a doctor provides isn't the best solution for me. Um, and that was really, really empowering to know that I don't always just have to take the first doctor I see's suggestion, um, or it doesn't necessarily have to be any doctor's suggestion, but there are more options out there and, and exploring them on your own is always an option to find the right solution for you. Mm -hmm. That is so good. And that's something, whether or not people listening are struggling with PMS or PMDD or it's something else, just knowing that you are empowered to be your own advocate is, yes, that's so important. And unfortunately, I I know myself, I have stories where I've had to advocate and be like, no, something is actually wrong here. And then it turned out I had this like huge respiratory infection that took forever to deal with. But I know a lot of people who have similar stories. So I think that's a great takeaway for people who are listening. 
But to bring it back to you and to the work that you've done around women's cycles. So even in hearing what you said, what you learned and how you were able to manage your own symptoms, I'm wondering how that tied in, how your personal experience tied into you launching or I guess starting Maria. Yeah. So when I started to notice that the supplements that my doctor suggested were working for me, that was like a huge, huge awakening for myself. I know, I mean, I eat a really healthy diet, I would say. Um, But I'm also someone and I know that it's just not realistic. Like I don't want to eat a salad every day. I don't want to eat a salad for every meal. I don't want to eat vegetables with every meal. And other people may love to do that. And that's great. And I like applaud you. But sometimes I want a Philly cheesesteak for lunch or uh, like something that's not a salad. And so I know that I am inevitably deficient in some nutrients. And so these nutrients that I was taking, and there it's nothing crazy. It's like magnesium and calcium and vitamin D and vitamin C. And they were really, really helping me. They were filling those gaps that I wasn't getting every day. And there's actually been a lot of research. When it started to work for me, I started to look at and be like, why is this helping? So I found these studies that correlated a lot of these nutrients back to menstruation and hormonal health, um, and specifically premenstrual syndrome. And there's a correlation where women have a deficiency in specific nutrients that uh, kind of exaggerate the premenstrual syndromes uh, uh, symptoms. So when I realized that I, one, was so psyched that my symptoms were alleviated. But I also realized that the regimen that I'd been quote unquote prescribed wasn't sustainable. It was 12 pill bottles and my counter in my bathroom was like covered in different supplements. And I wanted it to be easier. I wanted to take these every day, but I was slacking and falling off kind of my my habit and with that, my symptoms would start to come back. But it was time consuming and annoying. And I was like, there has to be just a better way to do this. I hate swallowing all these pills every day. It's annoying. (laughs) Like it wasn't fun. Um, I was like, so I want to create something that's better. And I want to be able to share it with people. And not just share the product, but be able to share all of what I've learned to get to this point and be able to empower other women to stand up to their physicians. So I developed the, well, I found nutritionists and OBGYN and food chemists and people with more knowledge about supplements than I had even to help me develop a water-soluble vitamin. And so it's like a powder mix that you can mix with water Um, And you get all those same nutrients that I was getting from the really obnoxious, annoying um, pill (laughs) regimen. And so it's a much enjoyable way to to get your nutrients that you need and to enjoy it and drink it instead of kind of like gulp down all these big pills. So that was kind of the journey to to Maria. And now I'm just so psyched to be able to not only share the product, because I do think that the product 
has the the ability to have a big change for a lot of women, but be able to share all the knowledge and share the knowledge of all the people that I've been working with to get where we are today and continue to build out that community so that women have a place to go and ask questions and women have a place where they can build their awareness of their cycle and and like stand up to their physicians and and find solutions that are right for them. Mm, yeah, I love that. And that's how I, I love listening to how I built this and other in Second Life and podcasts where people are talking about how they build companies and the best companies come from these these personal stories, but how you've been able to identify, man, these are the issues that I, I had trying to manage my symptoms and trying to do the right thing and then creating something that makes that so much easier. So the question that I have for you next is if people are listening and they're like, huh, this is interesting. Maybe some of them have started to think about their cycle a little bit. Maybe some people, this is their first time realizing that it's something they should even be aware of. What are a couple of tips that you'd give people just to live in flow and to find their flow? I can't recommend enough just starting by creating some kind of awareness. And like I said, that's where I started was someone suggested to me that maybe my symptoms were related to my menstrual cycle. And so how do you determine if that's true? Well, starting to track your cycle and starting to track your your symptoms that you're seeing, I think is the most empowering thing. And to date, I really think that it has been one of the things that's helped me the most because it allows you the knowledge to stand behind and say to someone else, hey, I'm sorry if I'm coming off wrong to you or if I'm being short with you. This is where I'm at. And just knowing that you are in a phase of your cycle where you're more sensitive, where you're more sad, you potentially could be more angry. I think that it creates this new form of empathy for yourself that you become, I don't want to say happier, but you're more, I keep using the word empowered, but you're more empowered in your own body. So really, if you're curious about your cycle and you're curious if any of the, it could be physical symptoms, or it could be emotional symptoms. So I mean, maybe you just have severe gastrointestinal distress, and you're curious if it relates to your cycle, like start tracking those symptoms, um, and start to try to understand what phase of your cycle you're in. And then from there, I think if you realize that what you're experiencing is related to your cycle, you can start to seek out some of those other options that are great to support you in your cycle, whether it be nutrition or whether it be certain foods, things like acupuncture and meditation, uh, different yogas. So, so really, I think I can't, I can't promote enough or suggest enough that women just start by creating awareness for their cycle and their symptoms and how they relate. That is so good. That's such good advice. Um, Thank you for sharing. 
And now we are transitioning into the lightning questions. They don't necessarily have to be answered that quickly, but I ask them to everyone who comes on the show. So the first question that I have is what's something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? And it doesn't have to do with periods. It can be anything that you learned and you're excited about. Yeah, this is a fun question because I've been spending a little bit of time during quarantine um, trying to expand my business knowledge, obviously, and listening to all these free webinars that are happening. But I recently dug in and spent a little bit of time on SEO and taught myself a couple of things about Google Search Console. So if you have a website or a business, basically just a website, make sure that your website is synced up with the Google Search Console because it basically helps your SEO. Um, I don't know really how to explain it better than that. But that's something I've learned recently is how to improve SEO. (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah. SEO is one of those things that's like not as exciting as having a bunch of Instagram followers or something, but it is so powerful. So yeah, I'm excited for you in getting some learnings around that. (laughs) The next question I have for you is what's something that you're in the process of unlearning? Something that I have been working on very diligently is not spending time on my phone immediately before I go to bed and immediately when I wake up. It's the worst habit that I reach for my phone. Like as soon as I get in bed, I get on my phone and I'm like, oh, I'm just setting my alarm for tomorrow. And then I end up on my phone for like 45 minutes. And it's the same thing in the morning. My alarm starts to go off. So I reach for my phone and then I'm like immediately into the Instagram feed. So I'm trying to unlearn that addiction, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. That is something I'm working through as well. I've done a a lot to just like try and delete apps and things. So it's less interesting to be on my phone as often. Something else that I've tried in the past, but it got hard because I'm managing so much for social media on my phone, but you can turn it to black and white mode. And if you do that, you'll be so uninterested in your phone because it's just not fun to scroll through Instagram or do whatever when your phone's black and white. So if you (laughs) want to have some fun, that is a really interesting experiment to do. That sounds horrible. (laughs) It really is. You're just like, oh, okay. I would rather be doing anything else because this is not appealing. Okay. Final question. This is the one that gets me. Yeah. I, I love asking this question because I think that a lot of times women don't allow themselves to celebrate their wins. So I want to ask you, what's a way that you've grown that you're proud of and really invite you to brag about it, let celebrate yourself and let us celebrate you too. I think it's really interesting that you say that women don't celebrate their wins and that you like to do that because I I have a really hard time answering this question um, because I'm one of those people that doesn't always celebrate it well. But um, let's see, you know, something that And I think that it's growth that's come out of this stay-at-home quarantine situation. 
but I've always been quite bad at carrying my work day into my home life. And I'm sure my husband would attest to this, but I will have a short temper with him because I didn't get enough done at work or something like that. And while we have had more time at home, and even though my home is also my office right now, I've somehow just been able to allow myself to shut work off at the end of the day and make sure that I am having really strong emotional and physical connection with my husband because this COVID situation has brought to me a level of gratitude for having a roof over my head and like having my husband as part of my quote unquote quarantine crew and has just been really grateful that, that we're still surviving and thriving. And I know that it could be a lot worse. So that's, that's where I say it's not necessarily a business win or a career growth, but more just a personal and relationship growth with, with my direct family and, and really, really taking the time to be grateful for what we do have right now when there's so much loss and hurting in our world. That's really beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that and that vulnerability that you shared as well. If people heard what you were saying, they're excited uh, about Maria and the conversation, not just the, the brand that you're building, but the conversation that you're starting around menstruation. Where can they stay connected with you? Yeah. So you can find Maria on Instagram at Maria Wellness. And our website is MariaWellness.com. So it's spelled M-A-R-E-A wellness.com. And we have a private Facebook group as well that's called Let's Talk About PMS and PMDD. We go beyond those topics, but maybe I should change the name of the group, but feel free to join us there as well. So yeah, we'd love to have you part of our, our tribe of menstruators. I love that. A tribe of menstruators. Well, Monica, <laughs> for being on the show and thank you to everyone who's listening. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.